Today's featured audio is from the 2017 Low Carb Cruise. Go to lowcarbcruiseinfo.com to join us in 2018 for two exciting cruises, the 11th annual Low Carb Cruise coming May 20th through the 27th, and then a bonus Keto 101 cruise coming September 23rd through the 30th, 2018. Get full details at lowcarbcruiseinfo.com. Have you become a member of Thrive Market? Go to thrivemarket.com slash Jimmy and you'll get $60 of free organic groceries from Thrive Market plus free shipping. Here's how it works. Listeners will get $20 off their first three purchases of $49 or more and there's free shipping on every order. I recently spoke with the founder and co-CEO of Thrive Market, Gunnar Loveless, about how he keeps the prices so low. What we do is we literally buy directly from the brands. We have very efficient, highly curated warehouses where we have two major warehouses that ship to 90% of the U.S. population within two or three days. And because we're buying directly from the brands, we're able to cut out all those middlemen in the supply chain, brokers, distributors, slotting fees, all that garbage that's in the markup. We pass that along to our members who basically are paying wholesale prices for these products. And instead of us making money on the product sales like every other retailer does, we break even even on the product sales and instead charge $60 a year for a membership like a big box shopping club. So effectively for $5 a month, you get access to saving 25 to 50% off. You know, we're consistently 35% below Whole Foods pricing. And the average American family is spending thousands of dollars a year on groceries. So if they're able to save 25 to 50% off, that's a big, big deal. And for the first time in history, our members are able to buy organic, high quality, the best brands that they already love at the same price as conventional equivalents and have it shipped to their home for free. So again, visit thrivemarket.com slash Jimmy to take advantage of this offer. Thrive Market. How would you like to test your blood ketones for just $1 per strip? Join the Keto Clarity Club at bestketonetest.com for the Keto Mojo blood ketone and blood glucose testing and join the club to get $1 strips when purchased in vials of 50. You get to choose how often that they will ship to you and you'll still get that $1 price per strip. And while you're at bestketonetest.com, make sure you get the meter and we also have glucose strips sold in vials of 50 and you'll get $5 off with the coupon code JIMMY. There's also the Ketonian Special kit which allows you to get the meter lancet as well as a starter pack of blood ketone test strips again it's bestketonetest.com for the keto mojo blood ketone and blood glucose testing bestketonetest.com coming up in episode 1332 dr lucia aronica Connecting and educating and making the world a more informed and healthier place. You're listening to the Live in La Vida Low Carb Show with Jimmy Moore. You've helped change so many lives and give us all the courage to take on the rest of the world. This is the longest running health podcast on the air today. You've done so much to spread the word about how diet matters. Over 1,000 episodes strong and counting. The amount of lives that you've changed at this point is incalculable. And now, here's our host and international best-selling author you're like the LL Cool J of podcasting Jimmy Moore 
I bet that most of you hope to find out in the next 30 minutes whether they are born with a good carb gene that gives them high carbohydrate tolerance or with a bad carb genes that gives them a bad, uh, low carbohydrate tolerance. I'm sorry, but I will not be able to meet this expectation. And the problem is that it is based on a wrong assumption about what makes us unique. So I would like to ask you, what makes us unique? What do you think? Come on. Genetics, sure. Yeah, an environment. So today we will find out that we are much more than a bunch of genes. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's okay. My wife is here. Okay. Okay. So genes are certainly important to determine who we are. We don't have dog genes, so we don't look like dogs. But genes can account only for a very tiny percentage of, of what makes us unique. So let's have a practical demonstration of, it, of this. Now, I want you to turn to the person sitting next to you and look, look at the person from head to toe. I know that this is very awkward, but you are doing this in the name of science. So go ahead and don't worry too much. Okay. Done? Okay. So now be ready for a, a shocking surprise. DNA-wise, you are 99. Oh, okay. <laughs> got loud, okay. and so okay. you can pull it down. Okay. Yeah. So the, if, it, if it gets too loud, God, yeah. just tell her to pull it down. Okay. So DNA-wise, you are 99.9% .9 similar to the person sitting next to you. So this means that, technically speaking, your DNA accounts for only 0.1% of what makes us unique. And there are other two shocking surprises about genes. Genes account only for 2% of your DNA, and third, we humans have about the same number of genes as a worm, mice, fruit flies, and 50 times less than an onion. <laughs> so how can we get away as a species with the 50 times less DNA than an onion? There must be other factors to determine what makes us unique. These factors are the microbiome, so the, um, uh, the bacteria living in our body, and lifestyle factors such as diet, stress, exercise. And these factors can change the way we use our genes. 
through a process called epigenetics. Now, genes, epigenetics and microbiome together constitute the basis of personalized medicine, a new healthcare approach that tailors treatments like drugs or a, or, or a diet to what makes us unique. Genes, epigenetics and microbiome. At Stanford, I'm working on a personalized medicine project aiming at finding out the factors, so how genes and epigenetics together contribute to our metabolic fingerprint. So the, our unique way of metabolizing fat and carbohydrates, which affects our carbohydrate tolerance. And in the first part of my talk, I will speak about genetics. And in the second part of my talk, about epigenetics. But starting, I would like to talk to you, uh, to describe very shortly, my journey into uh, the low-carb world. I'm Italian by nature. And I used to eat a lot of carbs when I was a child. But I'm a scientist by nurture. And so during my PhD, I, um, I, I like to do experiments. And during my PhD, I did an experiment on myself. I went from a high carbohydrate diet to a low carbohydrate diet. And the most stunning result was a threefold decrease in triglycerides and a twofold increase in HDL. Now, I want to point out that I started with already very good uh, blood lipids because I was on a carbohydrate-restricted diet. Most of my carbs were coming from beans and vegetables, but still I could get the benefit of switching from a high-carb to a low-carb diet. However, this was against uh, what conventional wisdoms tell us about the dangers of uh, uh, lipids um, for our cardiovascular disease risk. So I had to test these results on somebody else. And my mother turned out to be the perfect subject for that. My mother, now 76 years old, um, had a brain stroke in 2014. And the doctor um, told her to go from a to, uh, on a very low-fat diet and take statin drugs. I told my mother to do the opposite, so go on a high-fat, uh, low-carb diet and stave off statin drugs. And after only two months, just like in my case, her triglycerides went down and her HDL went up. And uh, since then, my mother is healthier than ever. And now, for the second time on the local cruise, she's here with us. So, Mama. So, this story brought me to Stanford, where I'm working on the largest study ever undertaken to compare low carb and low fat diets. Um, uh, in terms of cardiovascular disease risk. This is a study with 600 people that are randomized to either a low-carb or a low-fat diet, which they follow for one year. And the idea behind this study, which is called the Diet Fits Study, 
is that there are, fac there are factors that um, contribute to our metabolic fingerprints. Um, most of my colleagues are uh, working on genetic uh, factors and microbiome, and I'm working on the epigenetic uh, factors. Now, this study is the follow-up of uh, a study called A2Z study, so Atkins to Zone, uh, which was published in 2007. And the main finding uh, from this study was that no diet did better than the Atkins diet. So they were comparing four diets um, uh, across the, the spectrum from very low-carb diet, the Atkins diet, to very low-fat diet, the Ornish diet. And no diet, no diet did better than Atkins in nothing, in anything. So uh, no blood pressure, no cholesterol, no weight loss. And secondary analysis identified genetic markers of carbohydrate tolerance. But before speaking uh, about genetic markers, let's have a very quick genetic refresher. So uh, the DNA inside your cells is made of four nucleotides. You can think of these nucleotides as the four letters of life's alphabet. A for adenine, C for cytosine, G for guanine, and T for thymine. Now, the sequence of these letters in our genes provides information to produce amino acids, which in turn forms the protein of our cells, which are the building blocks of our cells. Now, do you remember the first shocking surprise from uh, today? So DNA-wise, you are only 0.1 different than the person sitting next to you. And this is because, on average, different people have only one nucleotide difference between um, every 1,000 basis nucleotides. So, and these single nucleotide differences are called single nucleotide polymorphism or SNPs. By changing one nucleotide, SNPs can change one amino acid in the protein and this change can affect how the protein works in the cell. So SNPs together with epigenetics determine our visible traits, our height, skin color, fingerprints, our unique way of metabolizing uh, drugs and, uh, and, um, and uh, macronutrients and our, our predisposition to disease. LoveMyTummy.com LoveMyTummy.com Why am I saying this? Living low carb is a choice you are making because you care about your health and you love your tummy. But sometimes even the best choices in the food we eat will still lead to times when you find yourself feeling bloated or having that heavy feeling after a meal and you just don't know what to do. Diet changes, probiotics, and even medications are helping some, but you can't find real relief. Well, let me introduce you to developed by a board-certified gastroenterologist to naturally address issues such as bloating, SIBO, IBS, leaky gut, and improve and protect cellular digestive health. Atrantil. 
is all natural, over the counter, works within the bowel, is very well tolerated, and has no known drug interactions. Published clinical trials have shown that better than four out of five people that suffer from digestive symptoms will find relief with backed by a 100% money-back guarantee. So love yourself, love your health, and visit lovemytummy.com. Be sure to use the coupon code JIMMY for 15% off of your order. Even the name is proven to make you feel better. If you love great olive oil, do I have a deal for you? As one of my listeners, you're entitled to receive for $1, listen to this, for just $1, a $39 bottle of one of the world's finest artisanal olive oils. And what makes this oil really special? It was just fresh pressed at the new harvest, so it's bursting with more harvest fresh flavor than any olive oil you've ever tasted. It's yours for just one buck to help cover shipping as your introduction to the Fresh Pressed Olive Oil Club. And there's no obligation to buy anything now or ever. But what exactly is Fresh Pressed Olive Oil? And why is it so much more flavorful than store-bought olive oil? The problem with store-bought olive oils is that they can sit on store shelves for months, even years, growing stale or even rancid. The olive, after all, is a fruit. And olive oil is similar to a fruit juice in that it's much more flavorful when fresh-pressed. And that's what's unique about oils from my friends at the Fresh Pressed Olive Oil Club. They rush their oils direct to your door by plane and special delivery truck straight from the latest harvest. This means that you, your family, and lucky guests can enjoy top-of-the-line artisanal olive oils at their peak of harvest fresh flavor and nutritional value. This is great news for us low-carb lovers because pure fresh-pressed olive oil has zero carbs. Zero carbs! It adds whole layers of amazing flavor to your favorite low-carb dishes, your roasted vegetables, healthy salads, grilled meats, delicate fish, toasted nuts. Oh yeah! I can tell you from personal experience, once you try this fresh-pressed olive oil, you'll never go back to store-bought again. Try it yourself and see. For your 39 bottle for a buck, go to jimmyoliveoil.com. That's jimmyoliveoil.com. One more time jimmyoliveoil.com Listen up everyone, I finally found a way around all those long grocery store lines. It's called Personal Trainer Food. Visit jimmyketo.com and you can learn all about this great keto-friendly meal delivery service and they make some really amazing foods, you guys. You can skip the grocery store. They have a huge menu of foods to choose from that are all your favorites. It's fast, easy, tastes great, and will help you stick to your low-carb lifestyle. Use the coupon code LLVLC at checkout and you'll get $200 off any 28-day program. Again, visit jimmyketo.com and you'll save some serious cash. Best of all, you'll have all of your personal trainer food while everyone else has to wait in line at the grocery store. Personal trainer food. Now, going back to the A to Z study, um, we found a genetic marker of the indicating low carbohydrate tolerance. And this was a SNP in a gene called ADBR2, the adrenergic beta receptor. And this SNP caused a substitution in the amino acid chain 
Uh, so with a, an amino acid, the blue block turning into a yellow LIGO piece. And this change um, causes um, a, a change in, a changes in the function of the protein. So let's look first as, as, uh, at the normal function at, at the, at, uh, of uh, ADBR2. ADBR2 works as a, a plug at the bottom of your fat cells. When the plug opens, then you can release fat from your fat cells and use it as a fuel. Now, if you have this nip and you have a change in an amino acid, then actually the plug works better. It turns into a super plug. So you are better at using fat as a fuel and you, you can do better on a low-carb diet and you can even adapt faster to a ketogenic diet. So this is actually a good SNP. But you may ask me, wait a minute, how can this be a good SNP if it gives us a low-carbohydrate tolerance? Because the problem is that this plug, this SNP, make also the plug close better in response to a signal. And guess what the signal is? Insulin, which is stimulated by carbohydrates. So uh, people that, that have this need uh, uh, can close the, the plug more tightly in response to carbohydrates and, and have a very hard life burning fat when they are eating carbohydrates. So, and uh, some study even shows that if you have this NIP and uh, you consume a, a diet with more than 49% carbohydrates, you are uh, more likely to become obese. Now, the example of the ADBR2 gene, uh, so this is a, a, a therefore, this is a, a, a double-edged sword for you. On one side, it gives you a better, uh, it makes you do better on a carb carbohydrate diet. On the other side, it it lowers your carbohydrate tolerance. So this NIP, the example of this NIP, uh, debunks a common misconception about SNPs. There's not such a thing about, uh, like a good or a bad SNP. SNPs should not be confused with mutations, which are extremely rare and can lead to disease. The most common SNPs are reflect long-term adaptation of the DNA sequence to a changing environment. They are part of a, a natural mechanism designed by nature to uh, protect us from disease and not to cause disease. The uh, ADBR2 SNP survived millions of years of evolution because it made us survive better when carbohydrates were not around. It made us able to burn fat when carbohydrates were around and protect our uh, um, fat storage when carbohydrates were around. The problem is now carbohydrates are always around. So we are always on storage mode and never on burning mode. So these NIPs reflect a long-term adaptation during evolution. 
but can genes also adapt to short-term lifestyle changes, like going on a diet, and starting a new exercise routine, and the new science of epigenetics shows that this is possible. Epigenetics is one of the most exciting and provocative fields of science today. In 2010, the Time magazine dedicated an entire issue to it. The cover story, Why the DNA is not your destiny. How your lifestyle cho choices can change your genes and those of your kids. Remember, the prefix epi means on the top in Greek. So, literally, epigenetics means on the top of genetics. Physically, on the top of your DNA or genome, there is a second genome, the epigenome, a layer of molecular switches that can turn genes on or off, just like a dimmer switch can modulate lights up and down in the room. This process of the epigenome of turning genes on and off, up and down, is called gene expression. And gene expression is what explains why we have different types of cells in our body. Liver cells, skin cells, fat cells, all told 300 different types of cells which all share the same DNA. Think of the genome as a hardware. Then the epigenome is a, a software. Software that tells the cell, the DNA, what to do so that different cells can form. Now, this brings us to another important property of epigenetic marks. Remember the Time Magazine story? How the choices we make can change our genes and those of our kids? Think of epigenetic marks as memo nodes placed on our genes. Inside our cells, there are writer's proteins that write these notes down and eraser's protein that erase these notes. And guess what regulates these risers and uh, uh, erasers and writers? Lifestyle. Lifestyle. Lifestyle factors, which then in turn uh, affect our gene expression. The big point here is that unlike uh, genetics or so genes, epigenetic marks are dynamically modified by our lifestyle. And this can explain why, for example, identical twins with exactly the same DNA can uh, start differing from each other, not only in the way they look, but also in the predisposition to disease. Now, the lifestyle factor that most uh, strongly regulates our epigenetic marks uh, is diet. Diet can potentially override a bad genetic predisposition. And the following experiment is the most iconic demonstration of this. 
Look at these two mice here. I hope you agree they are very different from each other. One is yellow, fat, and diabetic. The other is brown, lean, and healthy. What if I tell you that these mice have the same genes? They are inbred mice. They are genetically identical. In particular, they both have a gene called the agouti genes that makes them develop a yellow fur, a voracious appetite, and then eventually become obese and diabetic. But as you can see, this gene is not destiny. This gene is on only in the yellow fat mouse and is off in the brown lean mouse. So these mice are genetically identical, but epigenetically different. And this is what makes the difference. So why is this gene on in the yellow mouse? Any guess? Diet. But it's actually the diet of the mother. So the mother of the yellow mouse was having a poor diet, a diet deficient of the nutrients that make uh, our epigenome happy. We can uh, call these nutrients epinutrients or happy nutrients as you um, uh, want. And because of this sad diet, the, uh, the daughter of um, this mouse could not turn off the agouti gene, the bad gene. In contrast, the, the mother of the brown mouse was having a very happy diet full of epinutrients and then the daughter could turn off the agouti genes. Uh, and by the way, these epinutrients, uh, folate, B, uh, um, uh, B vitamins are uh, found in uh, foods that are uh, uh, staples food in the low-carb diet, so a variety of animal and plant-based food like meat, fish, uh, green leafy vegetables. So there are two uh, uh, important messages behind this experiment. First of all, genes can adapt to short-term uh, um, lifestyle changes induced by diet, and second, it doesn't matter if you have a bad gene, if the gene, this gene is off in the cell, if your cell doesn't use it, right? Like in the agouti mice, in the, in the, in the brown um, mouse. So that's why it's important to look not only at genes, but also at epigenetic marks. And this is what uh, I'm doing uh, at Stanford, where I'm, I'm uh, looking for epigenetic biomarkers of uh, carbohydrate tolerance uh, that can predict weight loss on a low-carb and a low-fat diet. And our approach is to take the, the people that lost the most weight and the least weight, so the high and low responders to um, uh, both diets, low-carb and low-fat, and then compare these people in uh, terms of their carbohydrate intake and uh, their epigenetic marks. The epigenetic marks that are specific of people, of the high responders to a high carbohydrate intake will be markers of good carbohydrate tolerance. Whereas the epigenetic markers specific of people that are low responders to a high carbohydrate intake 
will be marker of poor uh, carbohydrate tolerance. And there is an important advantage of epigenetic markers over genetic ones. Genetic markers can tell you only what you were born with, what your starting line was. Whereas epigenetic biomarkers can tell you where you are now in your journey to optimal health. As an example, let's go back to the ADBR2 gene. We have seen this, that if you have this NIP, you have a poor carbohydrate tolerance because your fat plug closes better in response to insulin. But what if we could modulate the activity of this, uh, of this plug by mechanisms other than genetic regulation? And preliminary data for our study shows that people after the diet show a significantly um, um, different uh, epigenetic marks on, on this gene, on, on the ADBR2 genes. And this could potentially uh, affect the way the fat plug works in response to insulin and thus override your epigenetic predisposition. And um, there are, um, so uh, ADBR2 is therefore similar to the agouti gene. It doesn't matter if you have this NIP. What matters is how your cells use this NIP. And uh, our preliminary data show that, that this way of uh, your cells of using this NIP depends on what you eat. I cannot tell you more about this data because we still didn't publish them, but I can tell you that there is a similar study showing that uh, the amount, so your carbohydrate tolerance may depend on the amount of carbohydrates that you have been eating um, until now. So apparently the, our genes can store information about how many carbohydrates we, uh, carbohydrates we, are, we have been eating until now in, in, in the form of epigenetic marks. And these epigenetic marks can then affect the way you respond to carbohydrates. There are other studies supporting this hypothesis and I wish I could um, share uh, them with you, but I luckily just happened uh, to publish a, a systematic review of this study that I encourage you to, uh, uh, to go and uh, read. This is an open access publication coming up, I think, the next, uh, in June, uh, on the journal Epigenomics. Uh, and the, the bottom line of this study is that whether you feel more like Superman or Clark Kent, um, uh, has very little to do um, with your genes, but more uh, with how you use your genes. So it's never too late to use your genes and don't let them use you. And um, so I want to ask you now again, what makes us unique? Now I think you agree that and genes. So genes is the book of life you are born with and uh, your lifestyle and epigenetics is the book of life you are the author of.
So thank you very much for your attention. Coming up next time on the Live in La Vida Low Carb Show, we'll start a new week of 2017 Low Carb Cruise Lectures, and we'll start off with Valerie Goldstein. Get show notes for today's episode at theliveinlowcarbshow.com. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review at iTunes. Thanks for listening to the Live in La Vida Low Carb Show. We'll see you next time. Disc of Light.